You know, 2021 was absolutely a crazy year. Everything became expensive. Uh, Brittany was finally released from her conservatorship. Uh, the Every Given finally made it out of the Suez Canal where it was stuck. Uh, we look back and we see the, the Kumo brothers, you know, from New York and, and CNN. They're in big trouble in 2021, and that's continuing. We see Juneteenth became a special holiday in the United States. And, and today we see 206 million people vaccinated, uh, which still only equals to about 62% of the population in the United States. As the Delta variant and Omicron continue to wreak havoc in our nation, we see inflation at a 30-year high, a labor shortage that is, was created by the, the, the great resignation of 2021, where people were leaving their jobs left and right, some of them forced out because of the, you know, the, the variants. We saw the Capitol stormed, democracy attacked. First time since 1814 that took place. We also see uh, the institution of Kamala Harris, the first black South Asian uh, female vice president that we've ever had. 2021 brought us to a point where we saw bans on transgendered uh, individuals being reversed. We saw the United States make it back into the Paris climate deal. Haitian migrants were chased down on horses. Democrats, Republicans, still more divided than ever. 2021 brought on millions and trillions of dollars in relief in infrastructure monies that are being distributed. We also saw things like uh, ex-cops like Derek Chauvin, who received the longest prison sentence for killing a black person ever given. Ahmaud Aubrey, his family got justice. Officer Kim Potter was finally convicted for the killing of Dante Wright after quite an ordeal. We saw over a hundred different Confederate statues and monuments being removed around the states. Evanston, Illinois, it became the first city in the United States to approve reparations for black residents. We saw some of the strictest abortion bans being instituted. And critical race theory became a thing along with uh, anti-trans laws. 2021 saw horrific things take place. Condos that collapsed and killed many, many people. And yet people worked from home because of the pandemic. And you know what? It was bitter and it was sweet. We saw people trampled at music festivals, tornadoes, tearing up Kentucky and other states. We saw mass shootings on, on, that just devastated the country. Mass shootings in Georgia, Colorado, Indiana, and Michigan. We even saw a shooting on a movie set that ended up taking the life of, a, of an individual. And we saw the United States end the longest war that we've ever been involved with in Afghanistan. 2021 showed us that Hong Kong and China cannot seem to get along. We watched as Gabby Petito's death created a, a media frenzy, really. And Galistine Maxwell was found guilty of sex trafficking. 2021 brought about 
an increase in greenhouse emissions. They are now at record levels. And droughts sparked in the West some tremendous fires and tremendous heat waves. And you know what? Space travel now has become the new destination for people of affluence. Meanwhile, church attendance has waned, basically split in half, as people continue to search for ways to investigate and to follow their spirituality in other ways, mostly online. But you know, all in all, I think most people just simply feel burned out. They just feel burned out. So, so where is all of this going? What's going to happen? You know, what's tomorrow going to bring? 2022, is that going to be as bad as last year was? All the issues and the things that, that we were faced with daily. Well, I want to remind you that <clears throat> through all of these things, God is going somewhere. God is doing something. You see, God is working toward an end. He's working all of his purposes out in the world and in our individual lives so that the world that we know with all of its sin, evil, and injustice will sometime come to fruition and lead us into another life. I, I feel like there's a hunger, there's kind of an eagerness in the world um, that people are searching out, saying, where is all this going to lead? What what is it, God, that's going to come to fruition here? What is it that I have to look forward to? Well, I don't have it prepared because I'm having some technical issues here this morning. I had it prepared, but they're not working. So I'm going to read uh, a couple of scriptures for you that talk about what God's plan is for the world. Even though what we see in the world and we look around, it looks like chaos. You might want to take a look at this later on, and it comes out of the book of Romans, Romans chapter 8, and I'm going to read for you verses 19 through 25. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. Well, let's stop there. What, what's he talking about? What he's saying is that this creation that God has and the things that are taking place daily that we go through and that we see... Uh, all of this is serving to help people to to come to faith in God or to reject faith, really. You know, it's kind of a deciding thing. God allows us to come into this world and live in this world and experience this world, uh, always planning that we might realize our need for who he is. So let me continue. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it. In other words, God is allowing these things to take place in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. In other words, that we might realize our need for God, turn to God, give our lives back to God so that we can, con that we can continue on this pathway that leads us back to the life God always intended for us to live. The scripture continues and it says, We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. It kind of, you know, uses that as a metaphor that, you know, it's kind of giving birth to something new. 
and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. But who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it in patience. In other words, God is working. God is transforming not only us and the world, but he's transforming us in unison to become the very thing that we always were intended to be before the fall of humankind. And that is a world that lives and thrives in obedience to God. The kingdom of God really is a place where God reigns supreme, much different than the world that we live in right now. You know, at this moment in time, God's kingdom is both, it is, and yet it is not. It's kind of on the edge, it's kind of not. The kingdom of God is, we, we sense that it's, it's ready to be ushered into the world and, and we're ready to experience it, but yet God continues to allow this world to stay and to evolve the way it is and for people to be born and die and go through the things that we do. You know, it's because God is waiting for all people that he has planned, that he is determined to create. He's waiting for all of us to be born and to experience enough in life that would show us our need for who he is. Now, a lot of people during this time of year, especially beginning of, you know, a brand new year, they talk about the end times. You know, well, when is it going to happen? When is the great tribulation, you know, going to happen? And when is all this stuff going to come to fruition? You know, well, a lot of people will make predictions and everything each year. And, but Mark 13, chapter 13, kind of tells us that it's, it's futile. Mark 13, 32 says, But about the day or the hour... No one knows, neither the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. In other words, yeah, we're living in a world that's quite confused. We look, look around and we wonder why God's not cleaning it all up. But we realize that God is allowing us to experience things to wake us up, to wake up our faith, to, to allow us to understand that we need him and that this is not the life that he always intended for us. To experience but we also look ahead and we we question whether or not you know is it time for the the new life the new Jerusalem or the new earth to be ushered in that we could experience we know in our studies especially at the beginning of a new year there's there's a couple of things that we see in Scripture that I think is will be healthy for us to remember this year especially as the year starts First of all, the world is being transformed. Um, it's not being destroyed. The world itself, what God is doing, is transforming the world. And he's transforming the world with his mercy and with his love. And, and we as Christians, we play a part in that. You know, many times when we consider the welfare of another person and we show mercy and grace to another person, uh, we show that other person or individual our love. We're, we're showing them also the character and the very nature of God. And, and God will utilize our experience and our time with that other individual uh, as a way to bless them and a way to share with them, you know, who he is and the promises that he has offered to all of us, 
He uses his people to be his hands and feet in the world. Another thing we need to see here at the beginning of a new year is that we also are being transformed, Scripture tells us. That it's not just the world, but it is us. It is the individual Christian, the individual person that is being transformed uh, into a new creation, into something new. You know, I, I can kind of, can. I'll look at my own life. You know, as a Christian, I... I have a deeper faith today than I did, say, 10 years ago. My priorities in life are different than they were, say, 10 years ago. The way I view things, the way I look at other people, or the way I empathize with other people, or the way I consider things is just much different, in a much, God, a, a much different perspective than what it used to be. You see, we're being transformed into the image of who Jesus is, Scripture tells us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 tells us, he says, For we know that if the earthly tent that we live in is destroyed, in other words, our body, you know, it's only going to last a certain while, a certain period of time, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. In other words, God is going to regenerate who we are physically uh, into a heavenly body of some sort. We don't really know what that looks like, but we know that it'll be a lot better than the one we're in right now. And quite frankly, I'm looking forward to that. We know that we'll also be judged when it comes to the end of our existence here in life. You know, Scripture talks about, uh, you know, when the end times will start and the end of the world or the transformation of the world and all that stuff. But really, we might not ever see that. You know, I'm 67 years old. I don't, you know, it's not old, but it's not young either. You know, how many more years do we have? We don't really know. Only God knows. Scripture tells us that. Only God knows the extent of the life that we will live. Only God knows all of the different experiences that we will go through in life. Uh, and he orchestrates them in a way that hopefully will lead us to acknowledging God, acknowledging our need for God, and then offering our life back to God so that we can be in that eternal, continual relationship with him forever. But we know that at the end of our life, we also will be judged. You know, 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, For all of us must appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each may receive recompense for what has been done in the body, whether good or evil. You know, the, the judgment that he's talking about here that really we have to look forward to. As a Christian, the sin in my life has already been judged and handled. It's been set aside and thrown away as far as the east is from the west. Jesus did that on the cross, and I was forgiven. And I have received that forgiveness when I gave my life to Christ and accepted him and his ways and accepted God for who he is. That's the moment that I received that forgiveness and that salvation. You see, in the end of our life here in this world, what we'll be judged for is what we did with the things that God gave to us. In other words, the faith, you know, the resources that I have, um, you know, the opportunities that this world presents to me. You know, as Joe lives out his life, uh, I'm going to be judged at some point in heaven, you know, with, with what I did to bring the good news of Christ to other people. 
what I did to show God's mercy and forgiveness and his love to other people. That's what we get judged on. So there's no negativism there for it. I mean, I have nothing but the best to look forward to. My sin has been forgiven. I know that God is going to change this worldly, earthly body into something beautiful and heavenly. I know that I'll be able to spend my entire uh, eternity with God, serving Him and loving Him and being in relationship with Him and with everyone else that's there. And I know that it's all good. And I know that when I stand before Jesus one day, I won't have to look down, you know, and say, I'm ashamed of the things I've done. Those, that's all handled. If I look down, it'll be, it'll be down to worship Him because of the forgiveness that He has given to me. And then Jesus and I are going to have a conversation about, well, Joe, you know, you lived this long and you had these resources and this was your faith and these are the people that you, you know, encountered and engaged with and whatever. What did you do with all that I blessed you with? That's the discussion or the question that we're going to have. And God will reward people based on their responses for what they did uh, in the body. Remember, here's what it said again. For all of us must appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That's a good thing. So that each may receive recompense for what, he is, for what has been done in the body, whether good or evil. So, you know, if I had an opportunity to share, you know, Christ's love with somebody and I chose selfishly not to, well, okay, I, I'll get called on the carpet. But the sin problem is gone. It's what I did with it. Another thing we need to remember as we start a new year is that, you know, even though the world looks kind of messed up or whatever, we know that the reign of God is an eternal reign. God has always been in control since the first thing that he ever created. He's always been the one that's in control. Everything is still going according to plan. Uh, none of this takes God by surprise. And as all of this life, all of this, you know, unfolds, working its way toward the you know, the new Jerusalem and the new life that we, in heaven, that we uh, were created to have. As all of this unfolds, we know that God will always remain in control. He's never out of control. You know, there's a, <clears throat> there's a story that I heard once, and it was about an old preacher that was uh, uh, in church in, in his congregation, you know, and and one Sunday they had a, a, a discussion from the pulpit about, you know, God's plan and the scriptures and, you know, reading the Bible and all that. And this little boy raises his hand and says, well, I, I know what happens. I, I've read, you know, the end. And the, and the preacher said, what are you talking about? He says, well, when I started to, you know, learn about the Bible in Sunday school, I immediately went to the end of it and read the end. So I know what happens. And the 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 pastor says, okay, what happens? And he says, God wins. And you know what? That is so true. In the end, everything unfolds and everything that God set out to accomplish will be accomplished. Not only in the life that we'll be living, but in our own individual lives, in our own individual hearts, within our families, you know, within our circle of loved ones. Everything that God has, has ordained to take place will take place. And that's, that's something that we can hold on to, something that we can rest assuredly in. That's that solid rock, that solid foundation of faith, knowing that God is in control. And there's absolutely nothing or nobody that can move him out of that place. 
Instead, we need to turn to him and we need to remember that in him we can trust and that through him, he's doing a beautiful work in the world and in our own individual lives if we only allow it. You see, God won't force himself on anybody. He won't force himself in my life. He won't force himself in your life. God allows each person to make their own choice and to make that choice eternally. Well, friends, that's what I want you to consider this week. Think about what we've been talking about. Think about the scriptures. And here in, a, in another week or two, we're going to start another, actually two weeks from now, we're going to start another series, and it's called, uh, titled Core. And it's about what we actually believe in the core of our Christian faith. Not the things that we've been taught or the stories and all those things that we would recognize. I'm talking about what really is at the core of our heart. What is it that I really would bank everything on? So we're going to look at that. So again, thanks for being here this morning. Thanks for joining me. And I hope and pray that you just have a great week. Thanks and God bless. Tough Questions for God is a teaching ministry of the Rosebush United Methodist Church, where we challenge our faith with some of the most difficult issues. Tough Questions for God is available on Facebook Live Sundays at 11.30 a.m. or go on our website at toughquestionsforgod.org and just follow the links on the homepage for YouTube or via podcast. Thanks for joining, and don't forget to like and share. God bless.